Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. And I'm a very sad Len. (laughs) And we want to welcome back Susan from Shining 237 and Rosemary's Baby 666. Hey guys, and let me say, since this is a very special episode, hugest, hugest congratulations (laughs) on this this monumental effort that you guys did. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot believe we actually did this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to take the opportunity to thank all my fans. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Minute 103, which is the last uh, minute of the movie with actual uh, movie in it. And it begins with, you know, Peter describing the movie. And it ends a little short, but we're going to allow the final few words <laughs> to play out because I just did not think it would be fair to Susan to, to cut it off. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> Right, so Peter continues to describe the movie. He says his alien beings struck an unwary summer camp in Mars wants flesh. <laughs> so, I mean, it still sounds like a slasher pick that Peter was rebelling against, but I guess if there's aliens involved, it's okay. Right. <laughs> it's Mars wants flesh. Summer camp. It's uh, fucking schlock. <laughs> it is really schlock. <laughs> and yes, uh, like you said in the last minute, Susan, Peter does say, I do not star in it before he starts the clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a big tra- this is a big jump for him to let go of his own mm-hmm. career and let them start showing a little more variety and some of these, you know, and, and yeah, I remember in the New York market, we never had a show that was kind of like this hosted by, a, you know, Elvira type. I don't remember having that in the New York market at all, but we had um, certainly on Saturday afternoons and often after school, you know, these, well, of course the Godzilla, but also, you know, the, the hammer films and, and, and a lot of sci-fi, you know, I definitely saw invasion of the body snatchers, the crawling eye and, you know, all that fun stuff. So um, this just takes me back for sure. Yeah. I was, I, I we talked about um, late night movie hosts when we first saw uh, fright night pop up on the screen uh, early in the movie. And uh, yeah, we, I, I just never had that in my youth. I wish I did. No, but, <laughs> We were in our teen years, and we talked about when the up all night. The, yeah, that uh, yeah, like a little bit of syndicated one, but never like the local one. You know that. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted Actually, to be that guy. I just remembered we had Schiller Theater, but the opening to that, the only thing I don't think there was any host that I can remember. Huh. But the opening was this really scary animation that is a hand, an animated stop motion hand coming out of the earth and going Schiller Theater, <laughs> and it did scare me as a kid but it was and that would be some kind of horror but it would absolutely include sci-fi craziness you know so Mm -hmm. uh so yeah 
the TV uh, keeps blurring away with uh, like screams and alien noises, and and Charlie gets up, uh, kind of smiling to turn turn it off. You know, he's he's happy for Peter. Um, but I did want to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know it myself. We do see uh, someone in a silly rubber monster suit attacking. You know, apparently campers. Uh, this is actually a real movie. Uh, this is Octoman from 1971. Oh. It is a Mexican-American horror film. It follows an expedition team that becomes the target of a murderous humanoid octopus. Uh, written and directed by Harry Essex, who also wrote Creature from the Black Lagoon. Huh. And uh, Oh, I have a little trivia you may have written it down to. I oh, believe right. that this was Rick Baker's That's right. first job. Uh, yes, this really? is the first movie of makeup legend Rick Baker. Went on to win seven Oscars for his work. And actually, the year they created the award, he won it for, Len? An American Werewolf in London. Yes. And you want to tell Susan the fun fact about American Werewolf? in London? Who, which fun fact? Your fun fact? Oh, it's the very first movie I ever saw in the theater at three years old. Ah, <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine. Nice. Your parents <laughs> took you to that. <laughs> Mom couldn't find a babysitter. She wanted to see it. She's a horror fan and then I have been my whole life because of it. Wow. <laughs> Started the I, thought, I thought It's Alive was Rick Baker's first, but it must, so this was before that. I guess so. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's just, uh, I guess maybe I should uh, No, this is, I, no, and, and the right. reason I know this is because I do occasionally listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and I had a very long drive for work just a couple days ago and I listened to the Rick Baker talking to Joe uh, Rogan. Rick Baker on Joe Rogan. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment you said the title I was like, oh, holy shit. I know I know a little bit of trivia because he <laughs> just talked funny. about it. And he said, what a horrible thing. It, this was his first movie job. He was uh, working at a studio that produced Gumby and things like that as, yes. as a kid. And then, you know, this uh, huh. that he got this, this gig. Interesting. Uh, some other notable movies that he's worked on is figured I'd write those down. The Exorcist, Star Wars, the Thriller video, Harry and the Hendersons, Batman Forever, well, <laughs> Men in Black, the 2001 Planet of the Apes. I mean, the, the makeup was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hellboy and the Wolfman and Wolfman. Tons, tons more. Yeah. Uh, Wolfman Broken, he said. Yeah. Just uh, a uh, horse built by committee is a camp or, you know, becomes a camel or whatever. There's too many, too many producers uh, uh, giving him no. And he said that that led to his retirement. In some ways, <laughs> uh, I will say another fun fact is in 1976 he played King Kong in the 76 version. <laughs> he was King Kong, uh, and in 2005 he and Peter Jackson were in the plane that shot down Kong oh, and Peter cool. Jackson's Kong. Cool. Um, <laughs> So I just wanted to say he did play King Kong, and this is all to say that that man in the silly rubber Octoman suit on Charlie's TV screen is Rick Baker yeah, in, yeah. in the suit. <laughs> 21 wow. years old in that, on, yeah. on that TV. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so Charlie switches the TV off and does a double take when two red lights, maybe I'll just say, not, well, sure. maybe their eyes. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> kind it of happens flash so from the old danger tone. Yeah, that's the only special effect that's kind of like, eh, you couldn't, you know, you wish they had they added a little something to that. Yeah. It's, didn't they do the exact same thing in Amityville Horror where you have two little tiny red lights? Oh, yeah. It was a... Uh, yeah, and you're just like, wait, what? what? Can you, I don't know, but um, you know, I mean, it's not bad, but it just seems like you know, because I know he's looking at it from a distance, mm-hmm. but it just seems like either make it a little more look like eyes that are blinking or something, or I don't know, just right. a little something. Else. Yeah, well, but I mean, my, Evil Ed's eyes never really glowed red before. I mean, I was sick. The only eyes that we've seen glowing are the wolves' eyes, right? 
my first thought was it was an alien and we're going to go like, all right, <laughs> let's go this route. And, you know, he's since, since the TV show is switching over to aliens, this oh will be the gosh. chapter two of Fright Night will be this, you know, that these guys dealing with alien neighbors or something. Poor yeah. Peter Vincent. <laughs> yeah. That was my, that was, I remember even thinking that in the theater and, of, and of, but yeah, so. Charlie shows up to see her. How do we kill an alien now? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a great Fright Night too. <laughs> Have you, have you seen Fright Night 2 before, Susan? You know what? It's so funny. When I looked at IMDb and I saw Fright Night 2, I'm like, what? Yeah. I didn't remember that. I don't. I didn't remember it at all. Start, Should I watch it? Starring Williams, it? William Ragsdale and Roddy McDowell. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about it on this podcast on our next episode, and that'll be our first uh, bonus podcast. So um, we've both seen it maybe once before. Yeah, I've seen it maybe <laughs> twice, and it just, you know, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, you know, I'm yeah. going to watch it with an open heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you definitely miss Chris Sarandon, but um, we, have a, we have a friend who's been on the podcast already who is a uh, super fan of uh, Fright Night 2. Two, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, she's going to, uh, you know, talk to us about it. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, the... <laughs> I think a better Fight Night 2 definitely would be. Charlie, <laughs> sure. Charlie goes crazy trying to convince everybody that there's aliens <laughs> yeah. living next door. <laughs> yeah, now, now I do want to see Fright Night 2, but I uh, I think I was, because I was in college at that point, I just wasn't, you know, wasn't paying attention. So yeah. I will say this for you and for our listeners who want to uh, check it out themselves before they listen to our next episode. It is available on YouTube. It's like, oh, good. It's not available anywhere. It, 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 like, yeah. Maybe like $100 on, on an old DVD you know on amazon or something or vhs or something um but yeah but it's on youtube thankfully great um so yeah the uh, doesn't my first note i guess just looking at that window i i doesn't it look like the window is open <laughs> over there like they left the window open yeah it does <laughs> yeah. uh and because the, the curtains are wavering for sure they're, yeah. they're blowing a little bit mm-hmm. um and uh, you know, and, and again, you know, Charlie's window is open too, I think. And uh, uh, and uh, and yeah, this is the this is we're back to the beginning again. Charlie approaching the window, he thought he saw something, and now like the beginnings of fear just start creeping to his face. And Amy tells says, you know, Charlie, and he looks back at her, and he's got that wide-eyed Charlie Brewster look. Yeah. <laughs> she asks if something's wrong, and he looks back for a moment, sighs, and then turns back to her and says, nothing. And he hops into bed, and they go back to kissing. <laughs> so do you think he just put it out of his mind, or was he more like, nope, not doing this again? <laughs> uh, maybe a little of both, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's why they did the special effect that way, so that it was really ambiguous. Because you know, you could say, "Well, it's a reflect," you know, it's a reflection, yeah. a couple of lightning bugs. I don't know. You know, you know, it's not convincing enough to really catch his attention. So maybe it is for the best that it's like such a weird, vague little um, shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes it more believable that he would just dismiss it like that. And, uh, yeah, the camera just slowly pans to the window, zooming in, and we see those red eyes again, and then they're gone. But then we hear the familiar cackle of Evil Ed, and uh, the minute ends, but (laughs) we make the rules here. And uh, I was very sad to see the very last beat of this movie goes past the minute mark. So, we, I mean, is anybody? Yeah. Well, what, what do they say? What does he say? You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a nice ending. And then he's like, well, I think that's a pretty good kicker right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will tell you, there are three different endings to this movie that I found. <laughs> yeah. yeah, different things that we've got, the drafts the script went through. Uh, the script draft that I have that I've been referencing... Um, a pair of red eyes, it, it says here in the script, a pair of red eyes stand there in the darkness, staring and staring as the camera moves closer and closer. They blink. They're for real. There is another vampire out there, and he's watching Charlie. And that's it. There's no laughing. There's no you're so cool, Brewster. We mm. don't know what that is next door. Right. It's 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 a pretty kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> Um, the novelization, <laughs> which we've referred to again, again, another thing that's taken from like an earlier draft of the script. Um, I wrote some kind of, uh, of, of paraphrasing here. Uh, Charlie and Amy are in bed. Charlie sees the red eyes and rushes to the window. And then he realizes it's the reflection of a U-Haul's brake lights as his new neighbors, a harmless looking family back into the driveway. Amy asks what's wrong. And Charlie tells her he was mistaken. Amy says that if there is something, he'll, he'll deal with it. And then she opens her top, presses her breasts against his back and says, but first deal with this. Oh my God. The end. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Jeez. And now I will read to you the craziest ending. Uh, This is from an earlier draft of the script. Uh, uh, And uh, so Peter's voice is introducing this next movie. And he says, tonight's creepy crawler is Dracula strikes again. Obviously about vampires. You know what vampires look like, don't you? They look like this. He slowly begins to transform into a vampire right on screen. Charlie glances up just as he gets Amy's bra undone and freezes at what he sees. Amy follows his gaze, freezing right along with him as they both watch Peter's face elongating, the hair slicking back across his forehead, those huge pearly white fangs slowly pushing out from under his top lip, incredibly sharp, gleaming in the studio lights. Charlie and Amy stare at the apparition, horrified. Peter throws his head back, his fangs sparkling, and he screams like the hungry animal he is. Charlie just lays there, his mouth hanging open. As the transformation completes, Peter turns and stares right out at the TV at the horrified boy. He smiles a bone-chilling, bloodthirsty smile. And Peter's final words are, Hello, Charlie. And (laughs) And then it says, Freeze frame. <laughs> the end. <Wow. laughs> I'm going That's to not bad. It's not bad. bad. None of them, you know, there's no really good realistic ending because, I mean, so, you know, him doing that on TV doesn't make that much sense, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a that is a pretty good ending. I do like that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the, the uh, evil laughing ending that we actually get in the movie is kind of unrealistic because he, he clearly died. I mean, that was a great scene. Yeah. And so it ruins that a little bit, you know. Um, it's a it's a cute sweet ending but it does kind of detract from what happened in the middle of the movie and d- doesn't make any sense i actually now that we're having this discussion i like my ending i do like my ending the best <laughs> aliens <laughs> aliens yeah i think that was the, i think that was the better that, that would have been a, i think that i this is why hollywood la i'm moving over there you guys <laughs> i know how to do this stuff right you know it's i i, I want to say the first million times i watched the movie i just took the you're so cold brewster thing as like a uh, a sound file before the credits roll and not really a part of the movie and that's related oh, yeah? to the eyes yeah oh really oh that's interesting i did i always sort of just thought it was like yeah just like a, a tagline at the end of the film i mean they do play a song about the movie at yeah. the end yeah. fright night you know? <laughs> <laughs> because, 
and it, you could almost say like the "You're So Cool" Brewster is kind of a the you know intro. the SoundCloud introduction into like you know. Right. Well, that's the way. I, honestly, I always took it, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. With yeah. the eyes, it's it's Ed. But mm-hmm. um, well, I will tell you some trivia about this this crazy ending. Uh, apparently, it, it did go out. I mean, it was during production, and even William Ragsdale got a hold of it, and he was like, "No, this isn't this isn't right." And then the head of the studio read it and called and demanded Tom Holland to change it. And they'd actually been pretty hands off. They'd been concentrating on the movie they thought was going to be their big blockbuster, which was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Travolta, perfect. Uh, so they left they left Tom's Tom's production. Alone. The legendary, the legendary, perfect. Um, yeah, and by the way, I saw a like gift, uh, gif of uh, John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis on Twitter recently, just Me humping too. away at the floor, and I was like, no. Oh <laughs> my god! Just without yeah. sound, it's so horrifying. <laughs> I, I think it yeah. would kill. I, I don't know. I'm glad they didn't do that ending with Peter. It's clever. It's funny. But Peter's so sweet. You yeah. don't want to see. You know, it's dark. I think it's, it's a dark, dark ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. And also, when the fuck did he get bit? <laughs> when did that happen? I, the bat. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah, the bat. Yeah. I kind of held back uh, during those minutes because I wasn't sure if he knew about this alternate ending or not. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the head of the studio got mad. And uh, so Tom was faced with, okay, well, I need, I need a button to end this movie on. And he thinks maybe the wink from Peter would be a good uh, button. And then he thought, okay, he came with the red eyes. Oh, and then he's like, oh, not enough. So then he went back through the script and pulled out Ed's laughter and You're So Cool, Brewster, from the scene where Charlie gets the burger smashed in his face. Yeah. So, yeah, if you listen to him back to back, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he didn't come back and record that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, let so let's just say evil Ed lives. Uh, is this a bad thing? Like, do you, or do you feel like, oh man, this is not good that evil Ed is, is alive? Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, might have, I mean, I feel endeared to the character. Sure. I felt bad when he died. Yeah. So as much as I think, oh crap, he's a monster again. I also am like, all right, he didn't actually, that poor kid didn't die. <laughs> right. Well, maybe, maybe this time he's just a ghost. I mean, you know, so yeah. we don't know in this universe, you know, what else could exist. Mm-hmm. But so I think, that would be the the nice version is that he's you know now or even you know that could have been a sequel is that he go, for go from vampires to ghosts you know you just change genre kind of uh, character monsters but so that could be not a bad thing you know he could be a, he could be a repentant sweet ghost you know like mm-hmm. a you know because you, you do feel like he didn't he, he even though his name was evil he had that crazy you know he, he was such don't a call great me that he is such a great mix yeah that, that the fact that they call him evil and he says don't call me that but yet he seems like the you know, he has this devilish, demonic kind of quality to him. Right. And at the same time, you're totally sympathetic to him. Because, again, you feel like he's a latchkey kid, maybe, or something. Or, you know, you know he's he's bullied. Uh, so it's a perfect, it's a really well done, you know, very hard to line to tread mix of things. So it would be nice to think that he's living in the next house as a ghost and kind of, you know, looking out for his friends, maybe. Or maybe he'll be sort of a, um, like an American world from London or Pet Cemetery, Louis Pascal, is that what the guy's name Oh, was? yeah. Maybe he'll be like Charlie's spirit guide, <laughs> way, you know? Yeah. 
Or like Ed in uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Sure. <laughs> Just sure. living in his shed. We're living playing in video yeah. games. Exactly. <laughs> Player one. Yeah, I would. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'm like, would, would you know, Fright Night 2, if it involved, you know, Evil Ed being alive, would it, would it be, would Evil Ed's intentions be like revenge or, you know, without a master telling him what to do, he realizes he's on his own and he just decides to be buddies with Charlie and Amy and right. maybe eat off, you know, rats in the streets or something. I don't know. <laughs> like Lestat or the one that was Louis actually. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and I, I, I even thought of this. Um, it makes sense that Ed is still a vampire, by the way, now that Jerry is dead because Amy, uh, and Amy is not because he, like, there was, like, one night between when right. he was turned and the next night. Yeah, so sure. he, he yeah. went past on. So, <clears throat> which makes me, like, think, why didn't we see, like, a little coffin for Ed in the, in the house in there? The house, yeah. <laughs> like, you can sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> Get out of here, weirdo. Um, so sleep on Billy's ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was the there was the sequel. There was the remake. I I, I did have this little uh, uh, trivia here in. 2015, when asked if he could do a sequel to any of his movies, and ignoring existing sequels and reboots, uh, Tom Holland replied he's, he'd like to do a follow-up to Fright Night, utilizing the original cast. His proposed plot was that single ch- father, Charlie Brewster, inherits his mother's home, and soon after taking residence, his two teenage children become convinced there's something evil in the house next door, namely Evil Ed, who is squatting in the abandoned mansion, attempting to resurrect Jerry Dandridge. Yeah. Wow. As far as I know, he's been working on that novel the novelization a novelization for, yeah for a while yeah oh that's so cool that would be interesting but yeah it, it, it kind of like makes you think okay well what has he been doing all this time then like <laughs> you know trying to re-resurrect uh, <laughs> like this is my 50th try <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'd see that. I'd go. Mm-hmm. I'd buy a ticket. Oh, I, I totally would too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we are at the end of the movie. I mean, we still have credits. Um, but, I mean, Susan, is there anything else? I mean, you ha- now can talk about anything in the movie, unlike any of the other guests. <laughs> is there any other thing that you liked in this movie that you wanted to note? Well, like I said, I just, I love the whole geeky vibe of this mm-hmm. movie. Um, that it's not cool. It's not super cool. Although Chris Randon is super cool. But, you know, uh, I like that Chris Randon ends up, you know, wanting this geeky girl to be part of his, you know, the whole thing. Um, so it's a, it's a real, you know, if you were, if you were a geek like I was, you know, I think that's why we felt a little attachment to this movie. Um, as opposed to some of the other horror movies where everybody's pretty cool. Um, uh, so yeah, I again, uh, this will be probably this is my most romantic to me um, horror movie, uh, and uh, you know, it came at a good age for me, and so it's just very close to my heart. Um, and let's see, I guess, uh, I guess you know, like again, when I'm looking at um, all the other stuff that's out, this movie, I can see why as a whatever 17 year old when i saw it why this would have hit me more than back to the future (laughs) or uh you know uh, teen wolf or you know the other movies that were out that year this and uh, i know i loved this and i loved peewee's big adventure of Mm -hmm. course i you know i was breakfast club was great um i I did enjoy breakfast club hated almost saint almost fire but you know again it's it was sort of like a time where 
the teenage movies were huge. You know, just every, as you can hear from the list, even Mask is about a teenager. Like yeah. all the movies were about teenagers in the 80s. You know, it really was this huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I like that this was hitting its own little niche audience of, uh, you know, nerdier people. It really is kind of a niche audience, even a smaller niche. I, when I first started proposing this minute by minute podcast, you know, some of the people I talked to had never even heard of this movie. I just don't understand. Or, or just was like, oh, the one with the uh, with the uh, Anton Yelchin, right? David Tennant, right? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you, don't, you haven't heard of the uh, the 1985 class. Like, why wasn't this movie bigger? Like, why isn't this movie uh, regarded as like a classic from the 80s by it was- like like John Hughes movies are right. or? <laughs> I, I think it was drowned. In London. It was drowned out. I mean, you yeah. had, again. Back to the Future was the movie. That was the movie, right? Breakfast Club was the. You know, those yeah. were those two were just monsters. And um, you know, uh, even Mask was huge. Desperately Seeking Susan was huge. Mm-hmm. Legend. Legend was a, that was one of Ridley Scott's first movies. That's a pretty beautiful movie. I mean, I fucking hate Tom Cruise, but <laughs> Legend's pretty amazing. And um, we'll uh, talk about you know, our god. That way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think in Goonies, and so I think it was yeah. just simply it was just simply elbowed out. You know, that's all it is to it. You know. Yeah, I'm almost thankful that it has a cult status, right? It almost, you know, in the hipster sort of way. Like, <laughs> you know, it's true. So uh, many people like Back to the Future, and, yeah. and you know, and it's just and Ghostbusters. It's like. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I don't know. I, it, it is kind of like a, a special movie that you can introduce people to and they haven't seen it a hundred times, I guess. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and there's not too many of those hidden gems left because right. we've scoured the internet and talked about movies a minute at a time. <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to still be able to introduce people to, to a film once in a while that yeah. they may not have seen that from that time that is that did get elbowed out. Yeah. yeah. This one deserves more. And we hope that we've uh, we've definitely uh, paid tribute to it enough uh, with this podcast, man. I'm really, really amazing that we've done 103 of these now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, seriously, he just congratulations wow. on the whole endeavor. And I also look forward to these last few little bits uh, in the credits, see what little post postscript things you have to say about it. Yeah. So congrats, congrats, you guys. Good job. Thank you. The last thing I want to say about this movie is there was some fear when we started doing it because I loved it so much a minute minute by minute that I would grow tired of it yeah and I didn't so no either yeah in fact I love it even more yeah Yeah. I look forward to to researching it and watching it again and again and taking looking at the corners of every single frame right Uh, yeah I mean we're gonna have like a a wrap up at the very end so I don't want to get too crazy yeah we don't want to get too sentimental (laughs) anyway we're crying right now Uh, (laughs) uh, so thank you Susan for guesting with us on our final uh, minute of the actual movie yeah oh thank you a million times for wanting me for this ending and i'm just so happy to be here and uh congrats again and uh look forward to the last few bits yeah and we'll tell everybody next time we start on our credits episode so we may talk a little bit about the credits i kind of want to analyze the words and the song uh the theme from fright night which usually i'm just not familiar with i usually just turn it off with the credits i'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah typically 
band. How could she not love the Pink Elephant? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I like Centerfold. <laughs> I never really listened I, to the Friday Night. I actually didn't like those big, stupid hits of theirs, but I loved <laughs> the album uh, Love Stinks. Hey, come back, baby. That's my song. That's my song. So, anyway, I think it's it's a pretty it's a cute little it's a cute ending song. Awesome. Well, I I, I really I don't even now I haven't I don't think I've explicitly sat down and listened to the song. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely do that. Um, and uh, you know, but next episode we will be discussing exclusively Fright Night Two, which is uh, like we said, it's available on YouTube. You can search for it. We're gonna post links to it on Twitter and on uh, Facebook, and hopefully it won't get taken down. Uh, but we will have uh, guest uh, Christina Lakey uh, dropping back by to talk about a movie that she vehemently uh, defended when she, <laughs> we brought it up on, during her minutes. I was like, perfect, we'll have you back. So, <laughs> uh, okay, well, Susan, you want to let folks know where they can find you one last time. Yes, so I am the pod, two podcasts are The Shining 237 and Rosemary's Baby 666, which that I just began, have just begun. I'm only on episode three and putting out episode four. You'll probably Maybe. be done with it by the time yeah, this, well, by the time this comes out. So I'll have a few out, but <laughs> that's near the beginning. Um, but The Shining, I went through the whole movie, two minutes and 37 yeah. seconds, segments at, uh, consecutively. Um, so look for the websites, look for my website, rosemarysbaby666.com. And of course, I am on Twitter and Facebook and all your favorite podcasts. Catchers. Obviously, you'll be doing, be doing Dr. Sleep Hat by Hat coming up next. Yes, actually, we just, so we, we, we put out, no, 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 that's not good. So just one hat you, at a time. If you listen to my review for Dr. Sleep, you'd know that I'm not doing that. So. <laughs> I do have, I did, Joe Jader and I put out a, a review of Dr. Sleep, so if, you, if anybody's interested, look for that. We tear the thing to shreds. Sorry, guys, anybody liked it, but we kind of tear it apart. It'll be, it'll be out on Redbox by the time this, uh, this one comes <laughs> out, so. All right, well, thank you again, Susan. Really appreciate you coming by. Yes, Thank you, guys. Uh, I think it's time to put the stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Len. And I'm Susan. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster. I can't do it. (laughs) He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster!